The film and TV show is part of Bridpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BridpodScene.com or follow Bridpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Films. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV shows. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV show. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. TV. Film. Television. Film. Film. TV. Film. TV. I love this film. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Film and TV Show with me, Richard S. on this Monday evening. Uh, we are back for the first time in 2019, so uh, thanks for listening in. Um, I'm on my Todd at the minute because Alex is running late or he's forgotten or whatever, you know, we have time off work and uh, time off the show and then he just turns up as and when he wants, like in a proper diva. So this evening is going to be all about uh, films with food as their main um, theme. So there are absolutely bucket loads of films out there. And uh, I've been through Twitter, and I've been asking the guys on Twitter what they think um, about it, and obviously talking about what they think that their favourite films are with food as the um, as the main theme. So, for instance, we have um, Nerds Chatting, uh, which is at Nerds Chatting. Uh, they've put A Million Times Ratatouille, a movie about a genius rat, um, which is absolutely, you know, bang on normal. Um, it's an amazing film and it is an absolute masterpiece. And they even did say it's a masterpiece. Oh, look, hello. Decide to just stroll in, you know. Second time now. Yep. All right. You had a haircut as well. Is that why you're late? Because you yes, had a haircut? Yeah. yeah, haircut is the main reason I'm, I'm late. No, I... No. Uh, I had a nap. <laughs> I had up. a nap. Yeah, I woke oh, up. Oh, how the other half live. Yeah. That's amazing. You can't all work as hard as you. <laughs> no, this is very true. Very, very true. Um, so, yes, yeah, so uh, so Nerds Chatting have said that Ratatouille is a masterpiece. And you know what? I don't disagree, and we will certainly be talking about that later. Um, sports fan at sports underscore fan with the uh, number zero as the O have put chef. Absolutely. Um, I am Jack's regular, um, regular irregular. They've put hard to look past Ratatouille, but if it's in terms of TV series, uh, Hot Shots, steamy, spoofy remake of Nine and a Half Weeks. I've never seen that. It sounds like something I want to watch. <laughs> it mm. looks really good. Sounds really good. Um, Ashley Briggs at Ashley UK 99, who also owns, um, uh, Belleville Computers as well so check him out there let's put Ratatouille and Chef standard uh, Matthew Fisher at Couch Potato Chef Seb Reeves if you're including drink which we are including yeah. drink then Sideways absolutely Sideways I thought what? they were going to go with the uh, cocktail uh, by Tom Cruise yeah no I, yeah that's another one um, but they've put uh, they put Sideways and they've also put Charlie in the Chocolate Factory as well, mm. which I would also throw in there. So some excellent films from the guys, uh, just a few of the guys on Twitter. The Gene that, Wilder uh, one, yeah. Not, not yeah, no, the Gene Wilder yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so we'll kick off with um, with one of my favourites. And probably, it, and I would say, and this is, you know, bookmark this, um, this, one of, this film is probably one of my top five films of all time. Mm-hmm. And that's Chef. 
So the people's favourite, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely adore Chef. It's a mm-hmm. John Favreau film uh, starring John Favreau. Uh, written and directed by John Favreau, um, starring. <laughs> write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. No, he doesn't write the theme tune. No. Um, and Speaking w- of the theme tune, though, they have some awesome songs in that movie as well. Yes, they do. It's an absolutely cracking film. The soundtrack is mm. beyond sound because it's all cub- Cubano. It's all Hispanic music, which is absolutely intoxicating. It's amazing. We are going to play one of the tracks. Um, it's my favourite track from um, from it, uh, but um, yeah, we'll play that in a bit. But it is it is my one of my all time one of my top ten films of all time. It's so unexpected; it came out of nowhere. It did. It absolutely like, came out just, of nowhere. <laughs> it just happened to be there, and then I watched it. I was like, "Oh my god, this movie! It's so yeah, good." I mean, I I stumbled across Chef purely by mistake when I was. Uh, just trundling around Tesco's with mm. um, with my ex-wife uh, a long time ago. And I just thought, that actually looks really good. So mm. I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll get it, you know, and watched it and literally fell in love with the film. It's such a feel-good film. Um, we have talked about Chef quite a few times on the show as well. Yep. Um, big fans. But Yeah, absolutely big fans. But if you don't know, basically... Uh, John Favreau stars as a chef who was the next big thing. Um, uh, mm. A couple of the critics, uh, food critics, kind of pegged him as the next big thing in terms of uh, cooking. In is it California? Is Calif- I want to say California. I think so. I'm pretty sure it is California. Either and that, yeah, or some. I it's along. Remember. It's along that area. It's along the. I'm it's not, along the west coast. I'm not sure if he's. Like in one place, and then he goes to California. No, he goes to Miami. Miami. He goes to Miami. I think it's from California. So, so basically, he's he's stuck working for this dickhead chef, uh, well, this dickhead restaurant owner, played amazingly by Dustin Hoffman, yeah. who is just brilliant. Love, love Dustin Hoffman. He will always be Captain Hook and to it's me. So it's such a good performance because you know. It's a typical restaurant owner yeah. who doesn't know anything about food, but you know, just wants to have a successful yeah, business and thinks that because it's his restaurant, he can dictate how everything. the food is cooked, what the what the menu is, etc. Even though clearly it doesn't go down very well. Um, or like, it's, it's popular with the locals because it's just tried and true. But he doesn't yeah. want to experiment and. Yeah, and the one thing that um, that Carl Casper, who is the the, the name of the um, chef played by John Favreau, mm. is famed for when he was up and coming was being different, mm. trying different things, um, and yeah, he basically gets called out by a by a critic. Um, I can't remember who plays him. Oliver Platt. Oliver Platt, love that guy. Reminds <laughs> me of Matt from Master Chef Australia, minus the beard. If you've never seen MasterChef Australia, he no. reminds me of him. Okay. Um, and yeah, he gets called out, and basically he gets into mm. a, he gets into a Twitter <laughs> fight, not realizing what Twitter is, and absolutely, absolutely blows up, and he ends up just walking out of the job because Dustin Hoffman has been a dick, and um, he also has yeah. like a minor meltdown. He does, but we don't want to ruin that because it's probably one of the best scenes <laughs> in the film, where you know what it's like nowadays when you go out somewhere and everyone's got their phones out and they're recording, and mm-hmm. basically he has a huge meltdown, 
and it goes, and it goes viral basically yeah. <laughs> um it's so good though it is so good it makes oh like and that then he um, man, it makes me laugh oh no but then he goes on a, he goes on a, a trip of self discovery to miami where he meets robert downey jr mm. <laughs> who is the ex-wife who is the ex-husband of his ex-wife played by sofia vergara yeah um very voluptuously played by sofia vergara and yeah that's yeah, that's yeah. interesting. And, and he basically gets a food van, and uh, John Leguizamo comes down and joins him, who was his uh, sous chef at the restaurant, and is just like, "I'm coming. I told you I'd come down here and help you out and and be mm. be your guy, etc." So they then go on a food trip of discovery, cooking mm. uh, Cubanos and all local food in the food truck, driving it back from Miami to California, California. with um, his son in tow as well yeah and it's it's more a film of self-discovery i think and um a, a film of just if you go back to what you're good at and what you like you'll find what everything that you're looking for because mm. he seemed very lost at the beginning he's and extremely lost in the beginning i think it, it's sort of displayed on all fronts that it's not just um, it's not like he's enjoying the work he's doing. He's just working hard at the job he's got. Yeah. And that has led to him, uh, you know, losing his wife, losing his family, uh, and not really having much of a uh, Even if he does life. get to shack up with um, Scarlett Johansson every now and then. Well, it's implied, but it's not like... You don't see it, but yeah, it is implied. I mean, she is wearing one of his shirts laying in the bed. Yeah. While he's cooking her what looks like the best food ever, and it'd be interesting to know if John Favreau actually did the cooking himself because yeah, he it, did. It looks absolutely amazing. Like they had so a good. Pro- um, they had the professional chef right next to him uh, on every scene. The professional chef would do it, and then John Favreau would do it and replicate his movements, his hands, and everything nice. like that. So yeah, it's it's all. John Favreau doing it. It must have taken it a while to, you know, get to that sort of yeah. But um, he's level. But he's got he's just he's just got such a great screen presence. John Favreau. I just mm-hmm. I don't you know. I mean, I always thought he did when he was in Avengers, and then he kind of went from being um, the the security guard happy. He, he to... obviously called in a lot of favors with friends because you got yeah. Scarlett Johansson in it. You got. Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. in it, just as cameos. Well, not cameos, but the very small, the very small parts. Minor but parts. They're, they're still in it. Oh yeah. yeah, he must have. Well, it was after Iron Man yeah. two, so it was after Iron Man three, I think, as well. It was two thousand fourteen. Oh, okay, so I think it was just before Iron Man three. Mm. I don't know, but he didn't even direct Iron Man three anyway. No, no, he didn't. He did one and two, didn't he? Mm. But it was. It, it it is a great film, and you know the the soundtrack is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like. It literally is phenomenal. It's all, as I say, it's all Hispanic music, Cuban music. Um, it's very dancey. It's um, it's infectious. It's the one thing I love a lot about the film is the music because it ties in nicely with the food that's being cooked and it just makes the whole experience watching it ultimately massively pre- pleasurable. Mm. From my perspective, I mean, as I say, it's a film that, I have watched over and over again. I know exactly what's coming, but I still fall in love with the film over and over again. It's it, it's a phenomenal film. Mm. And yet it only got like 70-odd percent on Rotten Tomatoes. 
Well, seventy percent is still a decent amount. Yeah, but I mean, I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes anyway. Well, my no, boss was asking me what, um, uh, you know, what, what I thought of some films, and he was like, "Well, it only got this amount on Rotten Tomatoes," and I was like, "And I was like, fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. It's all done by by critics or people that are paid to give one way or another. It's not a true reflection of audiences. Even if it is a true reflection of audiences, it doesn't matter. No, it's down to ultimate preference. Um, but yeah, but Chef is a phenomenal film and is probably, and no, it is in my top ten films of all time. It's probably my top five, to be perfectly honest. It's, mm. um, it is a great film. I absolutely love it. And it just kind of so feel good. So I'm trying um, to think of like any actual flaws, <laughs> but I really can't consider. I think more Oliver Platt would have been good. <clears throat> You could have built the relationship up a little bit more between them, maybe shown or hinted back at Oliver Platt, like, because at the end of it, like, you know, he says, you are one of my, like... You were, you were my guy. You know, yeah. you were the guy. Yeah, I had, um, I had you pegged from an early standing point that you were yeah. going to be something special. It would have been good to, to have seen that kind of um, grow a bit yeah. over the course, you know. But anyway... It's a great film. Mm. You can buy it now in Poundland, which is a <laughs> which is where Ridiculous. all DVDs go. It's the graveyard of DVDs. But it, it's an absolute bargain at a pound. It's worth anybody's money to sit down and watch. It's a great film to watch on a Saturday evening if you don't want to watch The Voice or X Factor or Britain's Got Talent. And you want to watch something a bit different and you're sick of Sky and all that and you just want something a bit uplifting. Even if you've got you know a glass of wine or whatever. It's it a comedy... Still it's a family film. Um, it will make you hungry as hell. Yeah, yeah. Like, order a pizza with it. Like, I, I seriously, every time I watch it, I want a Cubano. I oh, literally yeah. want a Cubano every time I watch it. I went on holiday and had a Cubano, and I was so happy uh, that I finally got it. I was like, I've yours. N- I have never had a Cubano. I would love, love to have a Cubano. It was a, It was from a food truck as well, and it was Ugh. at, like, a food festival. I was just like, this is perfect. And I, I even asked him, like, have you seen uh, Chef? And he was like, yeah, it's what got me inspired to create my own food ban. Oh, See, films at work there. Yeah. You know, that it, it is something to, to definitely watch. Uh, highly recommended. I'd give it 10 stars out of five because mm-hmm. that's how good it is. Um, but, yeah, have you got a film with, film with food as the main yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got one. It's, it's a bit... It's... Mm, it's called Burnt, and it's got Bradley Cooper in. And okay, see, I've never seen this film. Yeah. I've never um, seen this, so... Whereas Chef is going from uh, professional cooking to sort of passion cooking, Yeah, uh, this is passion for professional cooking. Um, Bradley Cooper spent a lot of time with Gordon Ramsay to yeah he did a lot of um, develop like I, all of his yeah I know. do remember I do remember that that he spent a lot of time learning from Gordon and you can tell um, because there is a significant sheer amount of arrogance that Bradley Cooper's character portrays in it um, that a lot of the you know the big name professional uh, Michelin star. Uh, well, the people that are hunting Michelin stars for restaurants, uh, they they have this in common, uh, and it's yeah, it's it's a look at the professional kitchens and how they cook. It's got Bradley Cooper, Sienna Miller, and the guy from Civil War who's the bad guy. You know the yeah yeah yeah. Um, oh, I can't think what his name. He is also now. played in uh, Rush uh, with Chris Hemsworth as yeah. 
Yeah, oh, I can't. I can't that remember guy. his name. Yeah, but that guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, um, and it's really, uh, it's really good. It's a it's a character movie. Um, a lot of the movie is dedicated to his pursuit of the Michelin stars, uh, and basically him not just wanting to be great but perfect, uh, and sort of him dealing with his own personal past uh, because. Uh, he seemed to have had a little bit of a like a, a rock star career where when he was younger and very uh, sort of up and coming, he went through a lot of drugs and uh, everything like that. But then all of a sudden he just sort of quits his restaurant uh, and leaves for the country and then comes back about like six years later um, to try and regain everything that he lost. Okay. Uh, but yeah. It's... So is it like a film of self-discovery and kind of... Read refinding redemption his... yeah yeah it's him dealing with all the things that basically when he was uh drugged out of his mind he was ruining people's lives um like he didn't care about any of the chefs in his kitchen he just wanted to win effectively That's... What, what was he trying to win what michelin star yeah he was trying to be perfect and trying to be a rock star at the same time uh and then basically all of a sudden he just sort of snaps and like loses it goes away for about 6 years of like self-imposed exile almost okay does it and, does it kind of work around that on what he does in those 6 years or is it kind of and it, 6 years later no the movie starts on the last day of the 6 years okay uh, where he's like right i've done my time i'm coming back uh, and that's where the movie picks up you never see the early life of him uh, it's just alluded to with conversations and everything okay. uh, sort of like like you're back. Oh my god, are you clean and everything like this? So, so yeah, you kind of you can make the assumptions that he was uh, he was a drug addict who yeah. basically and was like, being a dick. Yeah, and everything, every <coughs> sort of person that he approaches to try and work with him again, like there were there are sort of past chefs that he worked with. They're all like, I don't want to work with you because you were a nightmare before. Yeah, uh, and there is still that. You can still sort of see in his performance uh, as a clean version of the chef and wanting to do uh, and to be better that he is still an, a complete ass. Yeah. But there's uh, he learns to be a bit more human. Uh, he he sort of relaxes up and yeah. Okay. I won't spoil too much because. So technically, the, uh, I guess the term uh, the, well the, the title of the film "Burn" is kind of burnt, twofold. Yeah. He's been burnt. As in burn his bridges, yep, and burn as in he's in the kitchen. So burn mm. physical burns, emotional burns, that sort of stuff. Okay, I mean I've never watched it, so I can't say that I, I can't say that I have. But it's it's, it's a completely different film from Chef. Um, it is not one that is like a feel good film. It's certainly an interesting film, um, and it's. And it does have a positive arc. He does end up obviously getting his mission and star. Yeah. But it's some, not something that you'd be like, oh, let me watch Burn like several times in a row. No. No. Okay. But yeah, definitely worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. Yeah. There you go. Um, I mean, uh, especially if you're into like, you know, the Master Chef uh, and like, you know, the Gordon Ramsay programs where you see all the professional kitchens and yeah. how they cook. Well, let's talk about Master Chef for a minute then, because yeah. there's, there's really only two. I know it's not films, but it's still food, it's still TV, and we are yeah. the film and TV show. <laughs> and TV show. And TV show, although mainly film show. Um, but let's talk about the, the Master Chef. So you've got the UK version, there is an mm-hmm. American version, and it's crap. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> so we won't, we won't talk about it because there's only really two. There's the British version with um, George, not George, with um, Thingy Tarode oh, and yeah, um, Greg Wallace. Yeah. John Tarode and Tarode, Greg it. Wallace, um, which is very... It's very boring. I always find watching the British Master Chef really I, boring. I don't find it's boring. It's very sort of, but it's too it's too samey. It's too predictable because it's I don't I don't think that Greg and John have great screen presence. It's very it seems very small for what they're trying to achieve. Mm. It seems very when you look at the likes of X Factor and you look at the likes of Britain's Got Talent, it's all big, big, big. Whereas yeah. the Master Chef Britain, it's it's just it's small. It's the same challenges over and over again, and they're very sort of mundane. Well, yeah. not mundane. They're just it's they're just technical challenges. It's like cook this to the best of your ability. We will judge it out of ten. The person that does not score the highest goes home. Goes home. And yeah, that's it. And that's, that's literally it. it. And that gets monotonous after all. You mm. even the celebrity master chef or oh, the I don't professionals. Watch the, celebrity. the same it's this, it's exactly the same. Mm. John Tarode and Greg Wallace have the on screen presence of a spud. Um well, they're not that bad. No, I, I okay. honestly I mean Greg Wallace is like Yes, 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 very good. Yes. Where John Tarode's like, mm, well, you know, I think you could have done this and it's like yeah. Boring, and that's what they do all the time. It's never, it's it's never any different. They only have one tone. Their 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 body language, their um, the words that they use. It's all when they're monotone. not professional presenters. They are from like, they are cooking critics, and yes, they are right. But on the flip side, MasterChef Australia, right? It is never seen it big. Okay, it's huge. They have this big, massive wooden barn. With all the stuff put on, you've got... Th- you've, <laughs> They've got flames inside a wooden barn? I don't know whether it's actually wooden. It just looks wooden, but okay. it's a big... It's, it's huge. I mean, honestly, it's, it is massive. And they've got all the desks put out. You've got the um, all the people, all the, all the chefs are put together. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always split into teams, and they get, give, get given different challenges. They've got the uh, master chef... Uh, hidden like surprise box where they don't know what's inside and they've got to make dishes. You've got three people. You've got Gary, George, okay. <laughs> George Columboris. Okay, both of both Gary and George are um, they are they own restaurants. They're head chefs of their own restaurants. They're like the American, uh, the Australian version of Jamie Oliver and uh, Marco Pierre White and Gordon Ramsay. They have their own multiple restaurants. They are Michelin star. They are the nuts. And then you've got Matt. I can't remember Matt's name, but Matt is like... <laughs> Just a generalised Matt. <laughs> but Matt is six foot a million, big, massive, bushy beard. He is the number one food critic in Australia. Okay. So he does what Oliver Platt does in Chef. Yeah. Okay. And you've got those three. They always bring in celebrity chefs to go in and set tasks and do master classes mm-hmm. and do all this and it's just got so much personality it's so it's so audience friendly it's just very easy to slip into and watch and everything they do is i mean you have the they have a whole week of doing certain tasks if um someone loses a task 
they go into an elimination round where they go off against different people. Okay. And then one of them gets... So they go off against each other, and then they go home. They don't just say, right, you were the worst, fuck off. It's, okay, you didn't win, you come in the bottom two, you two are going to face off each other, Mm. and we're going to judge you based on that face-off. And yet, on the flip side, if they win, if they're, like, top of the class... They get to cook off against a celebrity chef. How is that of winning? <laughs> because they get given the same... They get, it's blind testing. It's blind tasting. Okay. Everything they do is blind tasting. So George, Gary and Matt don't know anything or who cooks what. So when it comes to the um, amateur against the celebrity, they get the celebrity gets 20 minutes less time yeah, than... To make it even. Yeah, to make it even. And they have to judge it. And... If they win, if the contestant win, they get an immunity pin, which means they can't go home. Hmm. Or if they do get the chance, or if they do fail and they are about to be booted off, they can use their pin as a get-out-of-jail-free card, basically. Yeah. And it happens. The celebrity chefs do get beaten quite regularly, actually, Mm -hmm. which is really surprising. 20 minutes can mean a lot. Yeah. But then they've also got, um, like, masterclasses. So at the end of the week, they revisit everything they've done, everything that they've learned, and... They do a masterclass for everyone to learn. And then moving into the next week, it goes on again. And it's all different challenges. I mean, Christ, they've been to Dubai, China, Russia, England. They literally fly them all over to do tasks for like a week. That's mental. It's mad. It, but it is, it's one of those things that you watch it once and you're like, I, want, I need to keep watching this because this is awesome. Not only can you learn about how to cook through the mm. masterclasses, that you... You kind of go on the same journey as them. You don't get to cook, but you can see their progression. It's it, it's a million times better than the UK version. Like, without doubt. The UK version is like... Uh, I don't even... What, like, <laughs> I don't even know. It's just dog shit, basically. Um, yeah, the Australian MasterChef is amazing. If you've never seen MasterChef Australia, I urge you, go and watch it, because it is phenomenal. Um, I've got a couple of TV series from Netflix uh, that are basically what I've been watching uh, a lot of. You know, well, I think it goes for everyone. We all go through like TV binges of like yeah. different categories. Recently, quite um, quite uh, just by chance, really, I've been going through a lot of cooking shows. Okay. Uh, and first of all, there's Barbecue Pitmasters. I've heard of this. It's so funny. Uh, they're all like extra, like it's very much what you've been describing with the Australian ones. Yeah. They get challenges. Uh, it's sort of just, um, you know, there's like this big cooler box in the center center because it's all done outside and because it's barbecuing. Um, and they've all got their custom like barbecues that they bring, but they don't know what they're cooking. Um, okay. So they get this big uh, cooler box and as soon as it opens it's revealed what meat's inside and they have to cook a dish to mm. and they'll get like maybe a theme as well so like texas or north carolina or, yeah or they had something like that in the uk when they had melanie sykes and adam richmond from man versus food do it that's so weird that's such a weird combination i think it was melanie sykes i'm not sure <laughs> i think it was but yeah it had adam richmond from man versus food and it was barbecuing yeah. and it was brilliant yeah uh this shows are awesome um I'm not even sure if they've got a second series yet, but uh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, Hell's Kitchen, obviously, um, is also on there, and uh, I binged watch those series because uh, I don't know. It's not so much about cooking with that. 
What are you? I'm an idiot sandwich. Yep. Uh, but like, I don't know. I think, well, there is obviously a certain amount of cooking when it comes to their own challenges and what yeah. they make and stuff. Um, but that does have that sort of like craziness factor with the challenges that they face. Yeah, but also you only really watch it for the memes that come yeah. out of it from <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've put Where's so, the lamb sauce? Yeah, you've yeah. put you've put so much oil in that America are trying to conquer it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah. Um, yeah. There's also cooking around the world, uh, which is professional chefs um team up. They like they team up uh like a I think it's two two people uh, per whatever, like a small group. Yeah. Uh, and basically each episode they go to, well, they don't go, but it's like a different continent. So say you go to uh, England uh, and three famous English people come out. They decide the dish, uh, which for England, I think it was the British breakfast. Okay. Uh, and they have to make a class, uh, like a high-end version of that with the full english yeah brilliant uh and some of them fail spectacularly yep uh there was um an indian chef that put like an indian theme on all of the uh all of the pieces and it actually worked really well nice um but then there's uh people that tried to do like sushi with the breakfast and it was just god awful oh dear god because they're all like they're specialized in their own sort of yeah. home cooking um, and that's really cool. Uh, okay. Highly recommend that as well because you Excellent. get all of those like super famous chefs uh, yeah. appearing at the very end for their final challenge, which is like the cook-off sort of thing. Okay, for the losers. Awesome. There you go. So some more to you for you to go and binge watch on there. Mm. Um, so yeah, well, we're going to play a little little bit of music. So this is my one of my favourite songs from uh, from Chef. So I hope you enjoy it. And we'll be back in five. I've got 
pasan los años, el viejo cediendo un poco, Simón ya ni le escribía, Andrés estaba curioso. There we go. So, yeah, that was a lovely, um, a lovely song, and I love that. It's Pete Rodriguez. Rodriguez, mm. I like it like that from Chef with a nice little bit at the end for the uh, the, the extra bit of um, I suppose Hispanic Hispanic yeah, yeah music um, yeah. so yeah it's a I just love that film um, we have to talk about Ratatouille mm-hmm. because it is uh, an, it is an amazing film and I think um, Disney have done a, a great job of doing it yeah uh, absolutely phenomenal and I have to say the ride. Euro Disney's amazing as well. Never been on that, but... It's just absolutely... Yeah. It is brilliant, honestly. Um, if you've never seen Ratatouille, hang your head in shame because it is it is a masterpiece for so many reasons, not only because of the originality of the story, but for the way that it's delivered. I mean, I've only seen it once, and although I enjoyed it, I wouldn't say it's like a favourite See, I, I've seen it loads. I mean, obviously, having kids, mm, I will yeah. watch it loads. I've seen it loads of times. And it's it's basically about um, uh, a really skinny ginger kid who is okay. a pot... He's a pot wash um, in Gusteau uh, mm. restaurant. And Gusteau was the like, most famous French chef. Uh, it's set in Paris. And... Um, Again, very similar to Chef, you've got a uh, you've got a critic who very critical of the food, and you've also got a really creepy looking head chef who's like two foot nothing, and he's like a little mini Hitler. He's yeah. like horrid. And when Gusto uh, passes away, he thinks that he's going to be in charge. But then this little you know skinny ginger kid happens upon um, uh, a rat. I suppose he's a rat. Well, there's no other way to describe yeah. him. <laughs> and he he's basically like this super chef. He loves food, mm. basically. Um, and so the two work together. So the rat sits on top of the head with the uh, chef hat on top and controls the skinny ginger kid's arms and by movements his by his hair. Yeah, super um, weird. Which is super weird. Yeah, he's like a puppet master using his long, greasy ginger hair. Um, to do it, and it it goes down well because obviously it becomes, um, you know, super popular, and then the critic wants uh wants him to cook food, and so they cook ratatouille, and it's just phenomenal. the The underlying arc of the film is that they are trying to get across that food will always invoke memories from people. And that's the whole the whole idea of when you go to restaurants is that you want the food to invoke a memory, mm. whether it be a past or for when you re have the same food you had in a certain place. See, I just thought they were trying to get us to accept uh, accept rats are in the kitchens. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. It yeah. is it is technically infested, but not in a bad way. It's, it reminds me sort of like Lady in the Tramp. A little bit, which again is... I mean, yeah, because you've got animals around food. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's, it is a genius film. It's, uh, it is a masterpiece because it's something completely different. 
Um, I won't spoil the, fil- the film for you, uh, Ratatouille. It, it is a great film. Definitely go and watch it because it's not um, it's not what you'd expect it to be. It's really fun. It's really quite chilled film. It's good for adults and, and kids. There's a couple of little adult jokes in there, which I think is a more recent thing now with Disney. Yeah. They tend to throw in the odd adult joke here and there. I think it started mainly with Shrek when they started like adding stuff for the parents. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's... It's carrying on to a lot of the films where there are uh, uh, jokes that will go over the kids' heads a little bit just because they know that the parents are the ones bringing them there and mm. it's always good to try and entertain them too. Yeah. I mean, the the storyboard and the the arc and everything around Ratatouille is, is brilliant because it's not set in America or England, it's in France. You know, the food capital, or food country of the world, you know, Paris, food capital of the world. And it's great that it's... It's the underlying film of it. The underlying theme of it is that anyone could achieve anything if they put their mind to it, mm. and nothing is ever given to somebody on a plate. You have to work for it. Mm. But if you work hard enough, you will get what you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I take from it anyway. I mean, and like people sit there and say, "Oh, yeah, but Rich, you, you, you look far too much into films." But then that's the whole point. That's that's why we do what we do. I mean, there's a reason why in film studies you take a movie and you analyse it to that sort of level. So, yeah, yeah um, there are varying degrees that you can take with any movie. Um, like like, like I jokingly said, you can look at it at the surface where it's, you know, the joke is, oh, rats can be allowed in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, but then when you start to really analyse it, yeah, it's about hard work. It's also about maybe... Not judging a book by its cover, not judging a rat for being a rat, but yeah. uh, allowing it, you know, obviously anthropomorphizing uh, a situation where certain people may not be wanted in certain areas and things like that. And it's, it's, um, yeah, you just need to look a little bit deeper because uh, otherwise <laughs> a lot of Disney wouldn't make sense if you just looked at it as for what it is. No, exactly. And that's, Kind of what you you have to. It's kind of what we do with films. Yeah, you know, we always sit here in the musical breaks, analysing films and you yeah. know performances, etc. And you know, it, it's what we do. It's, you know, we break down the films and we look further into it. And for me, that that's what I get from from Ratatouille is that you know I, I completely agree with the you know, don't judge a book by its cover because a lot of people judged the uh, the young chef thinking it was him when really it was the rat, and then. Ultimately, it ends up being the rat that does everything anyway. Yeah. So, um, but it is it is more about you know don't ever give up on your dreams. Don't mm. ever think that you know acceptance and, and accepting the situation you're given is is good enough. You know because there's always more. If you want more, you need to go out and get it. And if you can get it, then you'll love it. And if you love it, you'll want more of it. So on and so forth. I feel like I've stolen a line from Scrooge there. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I do think it's kind of it's very similar no, to you know, you know what it reminds me of the Rocky speech from Rocky uh, Rocky Balboa yeah where, where, where nothing if you will know what us. you want go out and get it if you know what you're worth go yeah. out and get it yeah that's yeah it stop, stop saying you know you're only getting it because of him her or whoever yeah um, that's yeah. a great speech I love that speech that is something I share quite frequently on Facebook yeah. because um, you know it is very motivational 
Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of what you can take away from Ratatouille as well. It's quite a motivational film from an adult's perspective. If you if you look at it that way, if you want to look at it at face value, then it's a great animated film about food that it actually made me want to try Ratatouille. I've never had it, but it made me want to try it. And not- I still do want to try it. <laughs> I know you- it's a very basic... I- um, Should I break it, it to you? <laughs> doesn't exist. No, no, it does exist. But the dish that he actually serves isn't uh, isn't ratatouille. Uh, it's another French dish. Okay, it's very similar, but it's called something else. So, oh, okay. Uh, well, I, Disney I, screwed yeah. up royally then. <laughs> well, no, it's just like um, <coughs> I only learned that from this uh, internet s- series called uh, Binging with Babish. Okay, basically he looks at all the food in movies and he replicates it he did uh he did ratatouille uh he's done big kahuna burger Mm. he's done chef uh, and he makes it into a thing that you can follow along so if you ever wanted to do cubanos at home like go on binging with babish he'll list the ingredients he shows you how to do it uh all of the you know stuff he breaks it down into more sort of understandable i even bought his book because it has like all of the movie recipes in there okay um yeah um but certainly he went through ratatouille and he said although it's not technically ratatouille it is still a parisian peasant's dish but, yeah which yeah. is basically what ratatouille is it's a, a parisian peasant's dish um but yeah it still makes me want to have whatever it was that that rat cooked because <laughs> yeah. it looks absolutely amazing um absolutely loved it so got great I knife skills that rat absolutely got great knife skills, especially when he's pulling a ginger kid's hair yeah, it's great. I don't um, think knife skills translates to hair pulling, and that works another person yeah. because I know if someone pulled my hair, it doesn't control my arms, arms it, like that. It would control my arms, but it'd be more of a fist in the face, yeah, as opposed to um, exceptional chefing knife skills. I'd freak out if there was a rat on my head pulling my hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, me too. <laughs> um, okay, so um, man versus food. Oh yeah, <laughs> love man versus food. It's become quite a bigger thing. In the UK now. Yeah. Yeah. MVF. Yeah. Um, But no, uh, Adam Richmond is uh, a food god when it comes to (laughs) man versus food. He did it um, as a one-off thinking that he wouldn't ever get picked up. It's so funny. And then it just spiralled out of control. And he basically just goes and does challenges in different restaurants um, you know, and my, my absolute favourites are when he does the hot ones because yes. he just folds like a ton of cards. Yeah, he just cries. I mean, there was one <laughs> where he was eating, I think they were called suicide wings. Doesn't he run out of the restaurant and he's like, like, honestly saying, like, I'm never going to do that again. Yeah, yeah, he goes in, and, he like, actually vomiting. goes into a walk-in freezer with a can of milk, uh, with, with a, a glass of milk into <laughs> a can because he, he's eating these suicide <laughs> wings, accidentally touches his face and and it's and oh, because it all contains so things like ghost chilies and habanero sauce and jalapenos and everything else it's absolutely nuts but what that guy puts his body through is nothing short of stupidity um no it's nothing short of amazing because he he doesn't eat for like a day or two and then he binges on all this food and then he spends a week at the gym to burn it all off again mm. because he eats probably about 5 days worth of food yeah, per episode. I actually feel kind of bad at sometimes, you know, when he's forcing himself to eat them. Had that giant pizza that where he? Yeah. Do you remember when he held the baby up next to the one slice of pizza? Yeah, it's like a ridiculous size. Yeah, because the pizza slice is actually bigger than the baby. baby yeah. Um, you had the uh, fifty trays of oysters. Yep. 
when he yep. smashed those out. That Where he said he'd nuts. never eat another oyster again afterwards. Yep. But you um, could understand that. You've got so many different hot challenges. Um, you had that burger challenge where mm-hmm. it was like, I think it was called like the Titanic or something. It was like, I don't know, a, a two and a half feet tall. And you know the best part about it is that if it's not very good, he actually says on on yeah. the uh, thing, he's like, it's not great, but i got to finish it because it's a challenge. And yeah. like, um, the best part is it's <coughs> half of the actual program isn't um isn't just the challenge it's it's uh local areas and local yeah. places around that sort of area that do amazing food and then he goes to the challenge uh place and does the challenge and yeah yeah i, I mean it's- uh, you've started to see it more and more now in england where you have challenges and there's one person that i've been following for a little while on instagram and twitter who actually does this and on facebook and that's katie ovens uh, and yes, <laughs> Katie, I did say Katie, uh, she is a female and she is a competitive eater um, and she smashes food out. She does her own little vlog. She, I say little vlog, it's not a little vlog, that's so condescending, I'm very sorry. Wow. It's not a <laughs> little vlog. Check yourself, Richard. <laughs> I know, right? She has, uh, she does, she has a massive blog, um, massive uh, following on Twitter, Instagram and uh, Facebook and she goes to all these different eateries, pretty much like what? Man versus food is, except without the challenges. Mm. She does occasionally do challenges as well, but some of the stuff she puts up over her social media is amazing. Like there are some utterly amazing eateries in this country. Oh yeah, that yeah. that you just wouldn't know about. But she goes around and she's literally she gets invited to go to these places and promote it over mm. social media. And I'm always watching like the videos that she puts. <laughs> You're up. always hungry. As I'm well. always hungry as well, um, but. If you were to look at her, you wouldn't think that she was like this massive eater because she's so slim. We um, it's ridiculous. But she, she literally, she's had videos of her munching away through all this stuff, yeah. and it's enough to make grown men weep. She I've, is amazing. I, this is weird because it's not a well. <clears throat> I would say it's not a sport, but it is competitive, like competitive eating. Yeah, and I do like to like watch people competitive eat this sounds so weird saying it but like i do follow it like i follow some competitive eaters uh on youtube and like various other like media and stuff and ages ago like when you know when we were kids sort of thing um the competitive eaters were just big guys yeah it was just like literally hungry hungry men but we're now getting hungry hungry hippo yeah (laughs) but we're now getting into sort of our generation uh, and they've taken it in a completely different level. And we're seeing, like, skinny kids with, like, um, you know, uh, that go to the gym six out of seven days. Uh, and on their, like, cheat days, they will competitive eat uh, because they've got this sort of just uh, natural talent for it. You've got, like, Katie, uh, did you say Owens or Ovens? Ovens, Kate Ovens. Kate, Kate Ovens. She does man versus food challenges. She's a Fulham FC fan. Um, you can follow her on Instagram, which is kate.ovens. Um, she puts, like, ridiculous stuff on it. Seriously, go mm. and find, follow her on Instagram. Got, I'm looking at this burger that she's had. It's fucking yeah. huge. you got um, Furious Pete on YouTube. He's Canadian. Um, he's a bodybuilder, and he's uh, come to the UK a couple of times uh, to do some of the food challenges here. Yeah. He he eats so damn quick. It Like... It, it's ridiculous. I don't even think he chews. He just swallows the whole thing. 
That's just sickening, isn't it? I mean, fair play to him. He he does what he's good at, and eating is one of those things. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose there is that. Um, you can also follow Kate Ovens on um, Twitter as well, which is at Kate Ovens. So seriously, though, go and go and follow her because it's amazing. Um, with the last ten minutes, there's one more film that I want to talk about before we talk about um, something else. Before we go, okay, and that is the uh, legendary film. Good Burger. Oh, come on, man. Come on, man. It's a brilliant no, I'd film. rather talk about Harold and Kumar. <laughs> okay. Har- there is Harold and Kumar get the munchies. Uh, a great film <laughs> about burger. two... About, uh, yeah, Harold and Kumar, two druggies who want to go to White Castle. Yeah. It's always made it. me want to have a White Castle burger. Yeah. So whenever I get the chance to go to the States, I'll be having a White Castle. But anyway, Good Burger. From the people that brought you the Keenan and Kel show, um, you have Keenan Thompson and Kel Mitchell. Uh, basically, they work for a company called The Good Burger. And Welcome to Good Burger. Oh. Home the Good Burger. Can I take your order? Yep. And uh, oh. basically, it's just a... It's just a hilarious parody so, of a parody, so I think. Stupid. It, it's so stupid. Keenan and Kel are ridiculously stupid. But and it's, it's Mondo Burger next it door. It is Mondo it? Burger next door, yep. I and really they, wish my mind wouldn't save these stupid facts. But it is a, it's just so, so terrible. It's funny. If you loved watching Keenan and Kel as a kid, and I did. I grew up watching Keenan and Kel. Um... It's just funny to watch. And I stumbled across it again last night when I was trawling through Netflix. I was like, Good Burger. Oh, my days. So I started watching Good Burger. And I was like, just bring back memories. And it's just so cheesy, so... (laughs) Get it. Pun intended. (laughs) Absolutely it was. Um, It's just basically, uh, Kel plays Ed. (laughs) He's just a moron, basically who works at Good Burger, loves his job, uh, showers and sleeps in his Good Burger uniform um, and works on the counter. And he just basically, Mondo Burger come in with their huge, massive burgers, which have basically been pumped full of steroids or something. something. And it's kind of a kid-friendly version of GM, where they're trying Mm. trying to get across the... Genetically modified foods. You can. There are a lot of GM foods out there. And obviously... You know, the whole point of the film is to save Good Burger and Good Burger being the small independent, Mondo Burger being like Burger King or McDonald's. You know what it is? It's Dodgeball before Dodgeball. It is Dodgeball before Dodgeball. It's literally Dodgeball but for burgers. Yeah, instead of gyms. Yeah. Although technically you'd need the gym after a Good Burger or Mondo Burger. Yeah, the Mondo Burgers are huge though. Yeah. But it's just so, it's just so funny. I... I just I just love watching it. I thought it was great. Um, <laughs> it's it just it it just brings back so much childhood love for Keenan and Kel. They did actually reunite as well on Saturday Night Live for a um Good Burger skit oh, which was done God. um obviously years years later and they actually fell out Keenan and Kel. Mm. It was more Keenan fell out with Kel than the other way around. And Kel's actually gone on record to say, Look, I don't know what I've done to piss him off. But he just doesn't ever seem to want to talk to me or acknowledge that I even exist. Mm. And yet they spent the better part of their early teenage years, the like mid twenties, <laughs> working together on skits, both for uh, the Keenan and Kel show, Saturday Night Live, and everything else. I mean, I know 
Keenan went on to do some films, didn't he? And wasn't massively mm. successful, let's be honest. Whereas Kel just kind of disappeared. And at one point, people were worried that he was dead because <laughs> they'd never heard anything from him. Keenan just jumped on SNL and has been yeah. there ever since. And, you know, fair play to him if he's, uh, you know, if he's found his sort of area of expertise. But I don't really recall seeing him in many movies. I'm, I've seen him in a couple of movies. I always seem to get him mixed up with um, Anthony... What's his face? The one that was in Hang Time. He's uh, also a big black dude as well. <laughs> so I get I always used to get them two mixed up. Um, I can't remember what his name is now, but okay, but yeah. So, um, but yeah, Good Burger Man. Ugh. Oh, I lo- I just loved it. It was Ugh. so. It was just so. <laughs> I can't so believe we Chef to bloody Good Burger. Oh, but things. come on, it, it's worth a watch for anybody. No, it's n- it, oh, come on, man, it is. I'll, it's so worth a watch. If you're feeling like. You know what it is. It's I'll I'll tell you what it is. It's in it's exactly in the same line as uh, Harold and Kumar. It's a stoner movie. <laughs> yeah, except they're not stoned. He's no, just really thick. no. But I think stoners would appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, stoners would also appreciate Biodome, which isn't mm-hmm. a film about food at all. But I'm giving it a shout out because it's like 30 years old now. Biodome, um, well worth a watch with Paulie Shaw and Stephen Baldwin. Strangely enough. So yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Good Burger. I was just like, oh my days! I just I, I had to bring it up, and I thought I'd leave it to the end. Um, yeah, that's because a of, good thing, you know. Just just because. Um, but yes, uh, that's pretty much everything, you know, from our point of view for uh, films and food. If you've got any films that you love, we're probably missing out food. some major ones. As There's well. loads, man. There's absolutely loads. Julia and Julia. Oh yeah, that one. Is yeah. that one? There's a Japanese one about sushi and stuff uh, that was really big, apparently. Can't remember its name. Um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, but... Sideways as well, which is a brilliant film about wine. Oh, Moonlight. Moon... Mm. Well, that has a famous food scene in it, but Yeah, not, but I, not that film's that. shit, so we'll skip over that. <laughs> Sideways is a great film. Um, I, I, I just have to say now, it's one of the hidden gems I mentioned in a previous show, but watch Sideways as well, because that is fantastic. Paul Giamatti is ma- amazing. The founder would technically be about food. Yeah, Super Size Me. I watched that. I also, apparently that's been um, found out to be a whole load of complete Bullshit. tosh. Yeah, yeah. not surprised. Um, but yeah, so there's loads we've missed. So let us know what we've missed and what your favourites are. Um, the one thing I did want to mention before we go off air is that um, we are very, very pleased to announce that we will be working with uh, Cambridge Comic-Con this year. Um, so it will ju- it will be ourselves and the awesome guys that skip to the end podcast <laughs> as well. Um, we will be going to the Comic-Con and we'll be interviewing the stars that they have going. And just to give you an idea of who they've got going, Kim Coates and yeah. Mark Mark Boone Jr. from Sons of Anarchy. Um, Rick Cosnett from The Flash. Kim Coates has been in so many movies. Yeah, like man. over 100 movies. yeah. So he's going to Cambridge Comic Con. Um, Mark Boone Jr., Rick Cosner, Andrew Divoff, um, a good friend of of mine, Clem So, uh, Ellen Thomas, um, Miltos Yurulemu. Um, he's basically from Game of Thrones. He yep. teaches Arya how to uh, he, he was, wield a, store, a sword. Yeah, he was the uh, Bravosi water dancer yep. teacher. Um, David Bulbeck. Eric Stewart, Robert Mailer, John Simpkin, 
um, Will Friedel. There are so many people. Boy meets world. <laughs> yeah. There are so many people mm. um, going to Cambridge Comic Con this year that um, I, I'm, I'm well chuffed that, that we're allowed to go there and, and interview and uh, tickets will be on sale shortly. So you can buy tickets when it comes on sale. Um, just go onto Facebook and just search Cambridge Comic Con 2019 you'll find it. Um, it's it, it's going to be awesome. And I'd to say we're going to be with the awesome guys that skip to the end. We're not going to be working collaboratively, not as yet. I will obviously put the feelers out to the guys that skip to yeah. the end because they're actually one of the podcasts that I do religiously listen to. <laughs> and I would recommend if you don't listen to skip to the end that you do because they are great. Um, the guys are brilliant. What they do is hilarious. Um, really knowledgeable guys. It's a great podcast. Um, again, they're based around this area as well. Oh. I think they're based south sweet. of Cambridge, which is sweet. Um, so, yeah, it'd be great if we could do something. Obviously, giving a shout-out to the guys there and to Cambridge Comic Con as well. We'll give you more details as and when they come, but um, definitely buy tickets for Cambridge Comic Con. It's going to be ooge. It's at, uh, it's at the junction in Cambridge, so most cool. people in Cambridge will know where that is. But do spread the word um, and obviously keep your eyes peeled and uh, ears peeled for, for more more stuff. We're going to be doing an interview with the guys at, um, who run the Cambridge Comic Con at some point when they're free. They're a little bit busy. Did you say when it is? It's in August. August. Um, it, is, it, it is August 24th and 25th this year. Sweet. So, um, as I say, we will be going there. So I'm uh, super excited to go and to obviously interview the guys and hopefully we can do something with Skip to the End as well. Mm. Um, them guys at the podcast because they're they're amazing um, and that brings us to the end of the show so um, we hope you've enjoyed it we hope you've uh, picked up a couple of films that you've maybe never seen before and you might want to watch uh, I definitely would recommend that you do mm. um, next week we're going to do soaps and long running TV shows yep. much to my dismay because I fucking hate soaps <laughs> but we will be talking about the likes of EastEnders Coronation Street uh, Neighbours, Emmerdale, <laughs> Hollyoaks, um, yeah, uh, and, and other long, uh, you know, long going TV shows as well. So, mm. um, so listening for that, and uh, and that that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Um, thank you guys for listening on the podcast. Uh, we will speak to you all again next week. Well, I guess there's only one thing left to say. <laughs> Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order?